With working women, how many things are you expected to do on a daily basis? It's impossible to do it all, yet we're asked to each day. Listen to hear how one high-wire woman, Rosanna Berardi, stays on the high wire while managing a busy law firm, a consulting business, teaching at a law school, parenting her 14-year-old son, and maintaining a happy and healthy marriage. Let Rosanna show you how to make sense of your life and stay on that high wire. Hello, everyone. Rosanna Berardi from the High Wire Woman podcast. And I don't know about you, but I struggle with food and weight. And I feel like I've done a lot of really good and successful things and accomplished a lot. But one of those things is not losing weight. And I feel like I want to blame everyone. I want to blame the restaurants. I want to blame DoorDash. I want to blame everyone because I just can't get my head around this. So today we have a very special guest, Monica Lopera Nassar, who is going to show us, teach us, tell us how we really aren't designed to fail, that our biology and our brain will help us to get to success and help us really understand food and food struggles. So Before I welcome Monica, I just want to let you know, she's originally from Chicago, Illinois. She has two little boys. She's moving from San Diego to Texas soon, has a bachelor's degree from DePaul University in marketing and marketing management, and more importantly to me, certification from the world's largest nutrition school called the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Monica spent 12 years developing, wait to hear this, strategic messaging with major food and food brands. She knows how food is positioned and aimed to mislead me, you, and your sister about what's healthy. She's worked for Burger King, IHOP, and now she's on the other side of that fence and is really advocating for healthier food options. So Monica, welcome, and thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Yes, I'm I'm excited to dig deep. Yeah, same (laughs) here. When you agreed to be on the podcast, I was so excited because you know, I think you talk to any woman and within 10 minutes of the conversation, someone's like, oh, I'm so fat. My pants don't fit or, oh, I'm premenopausal or I gained 15 pounds during COVID. Like it's just what we talk about and what we know. And I'm super excited to pick your brain on, tell us about the food industry. You were there, you know how we're being manipulated. Tell us all about that. (laughs) The scandal. (laughs) There's a bunch of food lies is what we like to call it. And honestly, you know, so the way that I kind of helped these brands is that we would do extensive market research into pain points and what we were trying to solve for, and then really expertly craft products and services to fit those needs. And we would work with legal also to really make sure that we could say the things that we could Mm -hmm. say. And so this is like my headline for anything that is health product related. It's a business. At the end of the day, everything on shelves is intended for an ROI, for profit, and they get down to the penny profit in some of these restaurants in particular, because I did work for McDonald's, Burger King, Mm -hmm. and all the big, big guys. They go down to the penny. So if they can substitute an ingredient to reduce their penny, you know, to make sure Sure. that it's profitable, they will do that. So our health is never in consideration. Our biology reaction to ingredients is never taken into account. It's all the bottom line. It's just the, what are the figures to get us to that bottom dollar, right? And so I want to just reiterate to your audience is that if something is claiming to say that they're healthy or organic or all natural, or even now more furthermore, plant-based is being thrown out like it's the new right. hotness. 
don't be misled by the label. And that's the thing is we actually studied also shelf time, how people make purchasing decisions, the colors that are chosen, the fonts, the imagery, everything is really geared for you to have a no brainer reaction. Oh, that's healthy. I'm going to get it. And so that's how orchestrated this industry is. And so what I like to tell all of my clients and just, I like to announce it as far as I can is that keep it simple, whole food ingredients, eat as nature intended. If something has a shelf life, it's not good for you. Think about it. (laughs) How long was that food created? You know? So that's my biggest headline is avoid anything that actually claims that they're healthy because 99% of the chance they're not. (laughs) Yeah. It's super interesting how food is promoted in that way. And I feel like every year or so there was a new food fad, right? Like for a while, all we heard about was kale, right? Like kale chips and massaging the kale. And then quinoa was a big thing. And you know, I'm old enough to remember when it was like oat bran was good for you. And, you know, it's like every couple months we're like manipulated by a new ingredient, like the cauliflower crust for pizzas now, like that's all business marketing, correct? It's absolutely because it's a more systemic issue, right? It starts with, you know, the food pyramid and government being really infiltrated in what industries are being promoted, like the dairy industry Mm -hmm. and certain other industries. And so all of those regulations are really commerce driven, right? And so that's where it stems from. I mean, we're even misinformed about not having as much protein and you should load up on veggies and all of these things because it benefits certain industries. And corn is like a big culprit too. Like that's a GMO. Let's just like throw it out there. Corn is not good for you. And a lot of people, especially if you're gluten-free or, Mm -hmm. you know, corn is really infiltrated in so many things, especially like the oils, which we'll get to. But the headline is really just, it's taking the lack of information or misinformation and using it against the consumer, right? And so because we hear in the mainstream of all of these different fads and, you know, trends, and so then we hear the one key word. And so when we're making a purchasing decision, we just, oh yeah, I heard about quinoa being great, or I heard about this kale substitute, you know, so you just kind of default into those things that happens also with like sweeteners and like monk Mm -hmm. fruit and stevia and all these artificial sweeteners too. That's a whole other market as well. Just capitalizing on misconceptions and confusion. That's the main thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, most people I talk to myself included, like I know what to do, right? Like I know like shop on the perimeter of the grocery store, eat the things that don't come in boxes or packages. And you know, eat mostly veggies and not that much fruit because of the sugar. I know the rules, but I can't do them. Yes. And I feel like I can't do them. And that makes me like so angry because I'm type A and I love to have my to-do list and check it off. And I, and I can't do this. So like, I've known for a really long time that like vegetables are really the key to good nutrition. Mm -hmm. So pretend I'm one of your clients Mm -hmm. and I say, Monica, for the love of God, I've been trying to shake these 20 pounds for 10 years. I have really high inflammation in my body. I have a sweet tooth and I'm a busy working woman. Where do I start? How do I do this in a way that I can stick to it and keep it simple? Okay. There'll be a multi-layered approach here, but I'm going to try to really simplify it so that your audience and the listeners here are can actually have some takeaways and some actionable implementation tools right away. And so the first step that I always like to start with is creating a baseline. This is really important. I'm very data-driven, and this is more importantly for yourself to have the transparency with what actually 
you're actually consuming. Now, don't worry, I'm not asking you to calorie count <laughs> or measure things, not at all. I just need for the next couple of days, if you just write out the ingredients that make up what you eat. And what will be really interesting is to see how many products make that list. Like a lot of people will put like Trader Joe's X, Y, and Z, or, right. you know, all these brands or prepackaged salads and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it will be a really great experiment for you to understand, A, what is the percentage of products versus actual whole ingredients? And more importantly, start to see any patterns of behavior in terms of what is the bulk of your ingredients? Is it heavily grain-based? Is it, have you know, so right. having that baseline is going to give you transparency because here's the thing, our brain likes to trick us. We are mm -hmm. excellent storytellers. Everyone <laughs> that I speak to says they're a healthy eater. Everybody, no one right. says, oh, I eat like, you know, right. I, I don't eat well. <laughs> like no one admits to that. I eat vegetables. I drink eight ounces of, you know, I drink all my cups of water. Most of, of humanity is dehydrated. We do not drink enough water. So that's going to be my second point. So the first step is just to recap, create a baseline. Even if it's the next three days, more often than not, we are habits of creature, right? Everything that we do, over 95% of our daily actions and behaviors are automatically happening on the subconscious levels, meaning also your food choices. So you'll see a pattern of behavior with certain ingredients that make up your week or the next couple of days. Why this is important is because when we start to make modifications in a diet, this, see, the thing is, and diet, I don't mean as restriction. I just mean right, what just you eat every day. What we so, eat, right. Yes. So what's important about this is because there is this concept that's really important for all of us to understand is that we are all so different. There's a concept called bio-individuality, meaning another man's food is another person's poison. So what could work for me may not work for you. Now, that's not to create confusion. It's really more about tuning into your specific situation because our gut health is different. I don't want to throw out too much technical sure. terminologies, but our baselines are all different. So we may net out at the same place, but we have to kind of gradually work there because again, you don't want to go to, into a radical situation. Most of us enter a, a weight loss journey with a radical change. Like, oh, right. I'm going to cut, do all these things. And that's not sustainable. Neurologically, you cannot. That is setting yourself up for failure. And more importantly, it's a broken strategy. So creating that baseline will give you visibility and will help you be your own expert. That's the first step. The second thing is water. I have people track their water because I know not every, nobody drinks what you're supposed to be drinking. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us don't even recognize that dehydration happens when you feel thirsty. So question to ask yourself is, are you thirsty? Because yeah. if you feel thirst, you're already dehydrated. Right. Number right. one. Number two, the moment you wake up, you're dehydrated. So the first thing that I have all of my clients do is start to a routine of and a habit of drinking water first thing in the morning. Well, usually we, I like mason jars. So, you know, because there's measurements on there and right. you can actually stay accountable with your water consumption. So I start my day and I, most of my clients, I get them on lemon water first thing in the morning, very mm -hmm. basic, I know, but these are the steps. These are the building blocks that a lot of us want to shortcut or bypass but they're just the baseline of creating proper foundation for you to feel amazing every day. And water is a huge one. It ends up when you are dehydrated it leads to sweet tooth. It leads to cravings because your body's yes. trying to balance itself out. And so that's why you have like really extreme sugar cravings or salty cravings. Mm -hmm. Anytime that you feel sort of this urge, that is your body's way of like creating a yin and yang. 
And so it's really important to get ahead of it by making sure you're already drinking enough water. Chances are just through some, a few days of you staying properly hydrated, you'll start to diminish some of those cravings just naturally without having to do anything else other than drink water. Like it's that magical. Yeah, it's simple, right? We make it complicated and, you know, we try, oh, we were going to intermittent fast or we're not going to eat any carbs or we're just going to eat protein. And like, you know, it sounds great for like the first day. And then by day three, you're like, oh my God, this is the worst thing and I can't do it. And then you're mad at yourself and you feel like a failure and you're terrible. So I like the idea of drilling it down to super simple things. Yeah, it is really, really that simple. The last piece I'll say too, just with like, you know, kind of resetting yourself, creating that baseline for yourself. The reason why that's so important is because when you want to start making any modifications, let's say you notice that you have a lot of gluten in your diet and you want to omit some of that, then you can start to see how, what percentage of your actual diet has that. I'll give you just a concrete storyline here. I used to think that I had gluten sensitivity or actually dairy sensitivity, because every time I would have dairy, I would pair it with gluten. That was just, those two went together for me. But often when I started to pull away and actually separate those two ingredients, it it wasn't the gluten. It was, you know, it was the dairy or vice versa. So Mm -hmm. really understanding how ingredients work together or don't work together for your own specific needs can also help because carbs are not your enemy. (laughs) Like, you know, even dairy is not your enemy finding out what dairy works for you. So for me, for example, and for a lot of my clients like goat cheese or sheep's, you know, milk is a lot more conducive for Mm -hmm. enzyme reasons, digestive enzyme reasons and stuff like that, where cow's milk could have a lot more harder for you to digest. There's enzymes in there that our body wasn't meant to break down. And so again, it's just really getting that granular and not to be meticulous or for this to sound overwhelming, but how empowering will it feel to know like, oh, I know myself so well. I know what ingredients work really well for me. And that's actually liberating because I feel good. I don't have any gastro issues. I'm not lethargic. I'm not feeling that lull at three o'clock in the afternoon because I'm eating properly to support my body uniquely. All good stuff. So tell me about the power of vegetables. Tell me about, I know they're good for us. I know we should eat them, but I feel like I have a hard time getting vegetables in because it's just not convenient. Like it's easy to pick up an apple. It's easy to open up a banana, but like, what do I do with broccoli? Or, you know, how do I get more vegetables? Cause I know vegetables are the key, right? To really good eating. Not for me. No. <laughs> oh my God. I'm wrong. Mark it on the calendar. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing I have explored. Okay. First of all, you are, some may not know that in the nutrition school that I got certified in, we learned over 300 dietary theories. So I know all of the dietary theories that exist. Okay. More importantly, I'm one of those people that I experiment on myself. This is why it's so, it. I have gone from vegan all the way to carnivore and everything in between. So wow. I experimented with my own body to understand what works best for me. One of my biggest things, you know, what's my superfood? Bacon. <gasps> and I know that seems counterintuitive and I'm not one of those crazy keto people that's yeah. like, you know, doing all that, but I focus on quality. So this is going to be my headline to you too. And to the listeners is that focus on the quality of ingredients, all of the animal protein that I purchase. And that I have that comes to my home from either a really high quality source, because one of the most important things that animal protein gets a bad rap is that yes, grass fed is important, but grass finish is actually the most important thing. Mm. Most animals are grass fed. It's the finishing process of that 
that really is disruptive for our body consumption. That's why it gets a lot of bad connotations and it's not that. So looking for a sustainable source for yourself, like I don't want to advertise for other brands, but look for your own personal area. There are a lot of national companies that will deliver to your home that will deliver grass-fed, grass-finished. And it's all of their products are really, really amazing quality ingredients. Mm -hmm. And why this is important is because that also delivers on satiation. So when you're eating a quality protein, and again, if you are on the vegan route, I was on that route too. Mm -hmm. It didn't work for me. So I encourage you to just not be so dogmatic in being like, well, I have to do this because X, Y, Z. Really experiment with ingredients. So quality is going to be really important. And vegetables, believe it or not, are not, there's a lot of debate in the nutritional science space on vegetables and what we actually are getting today versus, you know, in 50 years ago, the sure. soil is different. There's so many things that are, have changed with right. the planet that contribute to certain vegetables not feeling well. So for example, nightshades, I don't eat them. Tomatoes, eggplants, bell peppers, like all of that creates a lot of inflammation in my body. Okay. Doesn't do well for me. And as soon as I omitted some of those ingredients, I started to notice other implications to my energy and all the things. So that's why this baseline is going to be so critical for anybody who's really wanting to get granular and get to the bottom of this yo-yo cycle that we are always on because we're chasing that quick fix when it just takes a little bit of time to get to know your baseline and get to know your body a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's interesting to see how the diet revolution has evolved. I mean, we have Weight Watchers. They don't even call themselves that anymore. They call themselves WW because it's like saying like you're trying to lose weight isn't cool anymore. And people, you know, they're like promoting lifestyle and lifestyle is great. But when you think about a huge conglomerate like that, taking a step back saying, we're going to take the word weight out of our brand. I mean, think about how powerful that is, right? And think about like the why behind that. So Monica, if I wanted to work with you and learn about, you know, the baseline and how to use food as fuel, how to feel my body properly, like what are people doing with you? What are you working with women on? Like, how does it all go together? Tell me a little bit about what you can bring to the table that the Atkins diet did fail to deliver. Yeah. (laughs) So I actually don't focus on your physical plate when I work with my clients. It's this concept of, you know, our primary food is our emotional and our identity, sort of like all of the non-physical things that really make up for our nutrition. So what I mean by this is that our body truly reflects the imbalances that we have both emotionally and mentally in our life. And I know that a lot of your listeners are busy. Time is like hugely deficient. And so one of the reasons why our bodies hold on to weight too why we create a lot of inflammation is because there's a lot of other factors that are going on that contribute to sort of that cycle of not being able to maybe have the results that you'd like, even if in the past that it worked, maybe it's not working. now. It's looking at the other parts of your plate, meaning your figurative plate that is really contributing to that. So the way that I like to really focus on is I like to leverage your natural ability to make change happen. And that's neurologically. So I'm kind of a neuro nerd is what I call myself. I follow a lot of neuroscience, especially in the last 10 years. We've gotten a lot of visibility on our brain development and more importantly, how habits are formed. Why this is important is that our life is a series of habits. Over 95% of what you and I do happens in this automatic autopilot standpoint. Why this is important is that anytime you try to deviate from the script, 
your brain, it doesn't recognize good or bad, right or wrong. It knows the script. And if you're going off the script by going on a diet, changing your rhythm, it senses that as like fight or flight, like, oh my gosh, something's happening. Let me course correct you back into predictability. That's why we always say like, stay out of your comfort zone. Right. That challenge you. The reason for that is because that shows yourself that you're moving away from your tried and true rhythm, like your routines, right? Your Mm -hmm. mental loop. And so I really like to use your biology. So I infuse a lot of neuroscience, a lot of habit training. So I, I teach you ways in which you can habit and retrain your brain. And I have a lot of different techniques that I use that. And I really like to treat my clients bio-individually because there mm-hmm. is no, this like blanket statement like here, this is, I'm not going to prescribe something to you. I really always want to genuinely work with your rhythm, with what works best for you. Why? Because you'll actually have success doing it. If I try to complete polar opposite of what you gravitate towards, then you will inevitably come back to square one. So we try to really work with what we have in order to get you that permanent change. Because that's the thing. I have a weight loss journey myself. Over 40 pounds, I was over 40% body fat. I was on my way to weight loss surgery. My mom had weight loss surgery. I mentally assumed that I had, there was no way that I could ever lose weight. And it's just amazing what the brain can do with a, you know, when we have certain thoughts and not understanding our biology really is like a losing battle because we're speaking French in a German country. Like the language patterns are not ever going to be addressed at that core level. So I really infuse a lot of science, a lot of nerd stuff, but Mm -hmm. also working with the emotional and mental states so that we create that equilibrium throughout the entire aspect of a woman's plate. Yeah. And it it makes sense. I mean, it seems like even medicine is becoming way more personalized, right? The movement in medicine, I know in like the chemotherapy world is not to target, you know, just, just target the part that is sick, not the whole body. I just think this is a trend that we're going to see and is very welcome because the one size mentality, just one size doesn't fit all. And we've seen that time and time again with every new fad diet that comes out, like the intermittent fasting or, you know, the Atkins or the beach body. I mean, that might work for some people. And sometimes when I see people that say, oh, I've lost 25 pounds, I'm like mad at them. Like, well, that didn't work for me. And now I'm pissed. You know, like, (laughs) why couldn't I do that? But wouldn't you say the cards are stacked against me if I'm trying to do like some just big general jump in and cut the carbs or eat more veggies? Well, I think there's something really interesting in what you said, because a lot of us are looking for an external solution to an internal problem. And I love that, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it all starts from the inside out. And so that's the thing is that we're always looking around ourselves. We do this a lot in our mama circles. We do this a lot in our professional circles that we're looking on the outside for the solutions when really you have all the answers. Your body is amazing. And I don't mean this in a woo way. It really is biologically made for it to heal itself. And if you have small children, you've seen the (laughs) abilities after a gash on their arm, like the next day healed your body is magical in that way. And so when we start to feel like you mentioned inflammation, if you're having sort of a lot of, you know, energy deficiencies, it's because that's your body's way of giving feedback. And unfortunately we haven't been taught to tune in to that feedback so that we can make adjustments, right? Monica, I can talk to you all day and hi, Warrior Women listeners. I'm going to do something bold and brave. I'm going to work with Monica. I'm going to work with Monica professionally And I'm going to report back and tell you 
(laughs) how it's different and why it's different. And I'm super excited because it makes sense to me. And a lot of things don't make sense. And I think that's why it hasn't, hasn't worked. So Monica, I know you're in the middle of a little bit of a rebrand and a shift, but if people want to know more about this neuro nerd, which I love, (laughs) I could listen to that all day because I just don't know that stuff. And I find it fascinating. Where can people learn more about this or where can they hear you? How can they get that information? Sure. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. I'm really excited. Okay. So listeners can come and find me. I actually just started a podcast. It's called Effortless Parenting with Monica. And the umbrella is parenting because let's face it, there's so many aspects to why parenting can feel hard for women. But when we start to align, like focusing on herself, on her health and her habits and all of the things, it makes parenting effortless because it just becomes a very cohesive, seamless process. So I encourage you to listen to the podcast. If you're not a parent, I still think you get lots of nuggets because I really focus on the woman. I focus on the self and I focus more on the inside out approach to overall well-being. But also go to going to Instagram is going to be a huge library of IGTVs. I've actually broken down and done a lot of very specific nutrition videos. So I have a like sugar cravings. I have all sorts of different goodies in there. So feel free to also DM me on IG. I like to be able to connect with you in real time. And I can point you into the direction of resources and tools that I, I'm happy to share with the community. So, well, Monica, this has been fascinating. I love your background. I love that you were with the bad guys, you I know, the it. food enemies that are always corrupting us, asking us to supersize everything. <laughs> I know. And I love that you're on the other side of the fence now with your wealth of information on over a hundred different diets, courtesy of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. This was super fascinating. So Hi Warrior Women, as usual, we will have all of Monica's contact info in our show notes. Like I said, I put myself out in public. I'm going to do this. That's important. Actually, step number one, declaring. I declare today that I'm going to work with Monica and we're going to figure this out. So Follow me on this journey. It's going to be really fun. Monica, I hope I can still eat sweets because I really do like sweets. But anyway, we'll talk offline about that. But thank you so much. And high wire women, be sure to stay on that high wire until next time.